It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, friends? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, powered by our friends at Pepsi, where, of course, this football season is different, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi, of course, is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it is made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Hello again, everybody. Billy Rossetti of SI Panthers coming at you and formerly of Panthers Wire and 4 for 4 football, all different sites. Coming at you here on a Tuesday, we are going to talk a little bit about Christian McCaffrey on his way back to the team, which is great news. We're going to talk about the snap counts for the Carolina Panthers from Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints. And then we are going to quickly look ahead to Thursday's big battle with the Atlanta Falcons. But first things first, I want to touch on Christian McCaffrey because we got some great news coming from the Panthers on Monday. And that is Christian McCaffrey is back at practice. Uh, He was wearing a red jersey on Monday. But the fact that he's back at practice is a great sign. And on Tuesday, uh, the Panthers actually just announced that Christian McCaffrey has been designated for return from injured reserve, which we knew would eventually happen. Uh, But it's nice now that uh, the window has been opened, at least now, uh, especially with the report coming yesterday from Ian Rappaport that Christian McCaffrey is pushing to play on Thursday against the Falcons. Now, do I think he'll actually play on Thursday? I don't know. Maybe this is just to kind of get his feet wet Uh, in practice, but on a bit of a short week, uh, I mean, obviously the Panthers are home, which certainly helps, but don't know if the team necessarily has to push their way through uh, with Christian McCaffrey on a short week. They might be better off uh, letting him at least sit out one more game and then getting that kind of mini buy, right? Because you play on Thursday, you have the rest of that weekend off before uh, getting back into action next week. And of course, week nine, big game for the Panthers, obviously, you know, really could argue their toughest opponent all season. And that, of course, is the defending champion chief. So I would wait uh, with Christian McCaffrey this week. I wouldn't necessarily push forward with him uh, at, at least this Thursday because I think the Panthers have shown, uh, as, especially a couple weeks ago in the first game against the Falcons, that they could still run the ball pretty effectively against the Falcons with Mike Davis, and you sprinkle in uh, Miles Hartsfield a little bit, and Curtis Samuel, you could still, I think, make it through okay on Thursday without Christian McCaffrey. I would rather have him 100% for the Kansas City game, because you're really going to need him. That's a game that you would want to have as many hands on deck as possible as you can get, 
uh, especially when you're going on the road. I mean, obviously, we know Arrowhead is always a tough place to play, and it's going to be one of the biggest crowds that Carolina plays in front of uh, because of COVID. So that stadium is still going to be loud. I mean, I don't know how that stadium still gets as loud as it does, even with about 10% of the capacity that it has. But it's going to be a, a tough go for the Panthers. So I would rather have a 100% Christian McCaffrey than kind of force him into Thursday's game. Now, if he's feeling really good and the Panthers feel and the Panthers themselves feel good about the health of Christian McCaffrey, then by all means, play him. But if there's still a little bit of you know lingering whatever, or you're just letting him get his feet wet again at practice, let him sit out one more day. Give him the weekend to rest up and then get him back in full gear next week when you start preparation for the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, the the fact of the matter is, it's a great sign. We're here on a Tuesday. We're still a couple weeks or a couple days away from their week eight game. And Christian McCaffrey is back at practice, almost ready to go. Well, we kind of figured this was probably about the time frame for Christian McCaffrey to come back, right? Because he suffered the injury in week two. It's about a, typically it's about a four to six week injury uh, to recover. So we are at about six weeks or close to six weeks from when McCaffrey initially suffered the injury, uh, again, back in week two against the Bucks. So we're pretty well on track, I think. It seems to be pretty well on schedule. And again, getting him back in practice, opening that 21-day window uh, now, is a pretty good sign. Again, the the opportunity or the the possibility is there that he'll be out there on Thursday. But again, I would rather him. You know, I wouldn't have a problem with the Panthers sit him out one more game and just let him be be a full go uh, for Kansas City and what's going to be a, a tough second half stretch for the Panthers. I mean, again, after they play Kansas City, you have Tampa Bay. You still have uh, Green Bay on the schedule. You have the second game against New Orleans. So you still have a lot of tough games that you don't want to risk another injury to McCaffrey on a short week against the Falcons team that you should be you should beat anyway, even without Christian McCaffrey. They did it three weeks ago. Should be able to do it again this week. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But again, great sign that Christian McCaffrey is back in action. So... That's kind of the the quick note right now, at, at least on Christian McCaffrey. Again, I want to go over snap counts, and then we'll touch on the uh, the the Falcons a bit, and we'll touch on the news at the end there too about the uh, the actual quick quick roster move that might actually kind of lead to uh, the Panthers um, getting Christian McCaffrey back in as they actually drop the wide receiver on Monday. So we'll touch on that at the end. Uh, but before we get into the snap counts, I want to remind you guys, of course, that today's episode, again, is being powered by our friends at Pepsi. Of course, this football season is different, but Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Whether you're like me and you've got uh, one game on one screen and a bunch of other games on the other to kind of keep tabs on everything. But Pepsi is here no matter what you're doing to get you through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. And these are the passionate fans that are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it is made for those who watch it. And remember, of course, to go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from 
Pepsi. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line or... Could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, Dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So as we jump back into it now, kind of look at the snap counts from Sunday's game against the Saints. And uh, one of the first things you take away from just by looking at the number of offensive snaps, as the Panthers really weren't on the field that much on offense. Uh, there was actually only 46 total offensive snaps from the Panthers on Sunday, which is pretty low compared to what they've been used to. We're, we're used to seeing numbers like uh, in the mid-60s, you know, 65 to 70, somewhere around there. So to only see 46 offensive snaps is a little concerning. And... The fact, though, that the Panthers still got within three of the Saints, even with not really being on the field all that much, you know, is is a positive sign, but it also means there's a lot of improvement that needs to be done. Also, too, you know, there were some positive reasons why it was a low snap count. One of those, of course, was the 74-yard touchdown strike to DJ Moore. So when you strike that quickly, snap counts are obviously going to go down a little bit. But still, 46 offensive snaps for the Panthers on Sunday against the Saints, and there were four players that played all 100 snaps. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is one of them, and then three of the offensive linemen, which we don't see that too often either. Usually it's at least four, you know, sometimes all five, but at least four we've seen because obviously we've seen some rotation with some of the, the offensive tackles here this season and some of the guards as well. But only three offensive linemen this week played all 100 or uh, all 46 snaps. We know uh, Russell Okun was injured during the game and was replaced by Greg Little. And then obviously we're kind of mixing things up at the guard position. But it was Chris Reed, Taylor Moten, and Matt Paradis were the three offensive linemen that played all 46 snaps. While uh, Dennis Daly ended up seeing 28 of the 46 offensive snaps. Trent Scott saw the uh, also saw 18 offensive snaps. Uh, as far as the rest of the offense goes, DJ Moore saw the most snaps as far as uh, outside the top four there. He played 42 of the 46 offensive snaps. Robbie Anderson saw 40. And then Curtis Samuel, you know, for some of the nice plays he had, he only played 22 of the 46 snaps. So, you know, it just continues to show. And again, Curtis Samuel, obviously, we know was limited. So maybe they were just putting him on a pitch count on Sunday. But it continues to show that uh, it's the top two guys, and then you kind of get separated a little bit when you start with Curtis Samuel. Again, um, it's a big, I mean, again, Anderson with 40, 
Samuel at 22. So an 18 snap count or an 18 snap difference. Now, again, that could have been just a pitch count for Curtis Samuel because of the injury that he was uh, recovering from. So we'll see what happens uh, in the coming weeks. Um, as we go down the list, then Mike Davis saw the next highest snaps at 33. Ian Thomas saw 32 offensive snaps and even caught a couple catches as we saw. And, you know, the Panthers, you know, I said a couple weeks ago, if there was a bit of a disappointing factor right now in the Panthers, it's that they haven't really used the tight end position, at least in the passing game as much as I thought they would have initially. You know, we're thinking Ian Thomas, this is going to be his breakout year. Greg Olson is out in Seattle, and Ian Thomas is now the number one guy. We're thinking uh, with this offense and the way LSU kind of used their tight ends a little bit last year, you're thinking the Panthers are going to do something similar with their two tight ends, but they really haven't so far this season. You know, Ian Thomas has been really quiet. Uh, but he did see, like I said, 32 offensive snaps on Sunday, which was 70%. So a lot of work, actually, for him. Then again, you get to Dennis Daly, played 28. Russell Okung, 26, before he got injured. Samuel, 22. And then Greg Little, of course, came in and played the rest of the game in place of Russell Okung. And again, Trent Scott saw some work as well because he acted, you know, he was uh, a backup guard as well, because we talked about the lack of depth that the Panthers had at the guard position as well, uh, with injuries to John Miller and, of course, Michael Schofield and Tyler Larson both being on the COVID list. So the Panthers really didn't have a lot uh, to work with here. The only other guy that really would have been available for the Panthers would have been Sam Tecklenburg. So that's kind of the breakdown there. And then Chris Manhurts played 20 saps. Seth Roberts. 19 snaps, and of course, as we now know, winds up being his final game as a Carolina Panther, and we'll again touch on that in a bit. Trent Scott saw 18 snaps, and then very small work for the rest of the guys that saw the field. Brandon Zilstra saw five snaps, Alex Arma four snaps, Colin Thompson four, Miles Hartsfield four, Trenton Cannon saw three snaps, and then Farrell Cooper played Two snaps on offense. The notes that uh, the Panthers side has here. Russell Okung played only 57% of the snaps uh, before leaving the game with a calf injury. Greg Little played the remaining 20 snaps in his place. Dennis Daly saw his first action of the season. Started and played 28 snaps in place of John Miller. Trent Scott also saw time at that spot with 18 snaps. Curtis Samuel... Again, like we said, only played 22 snaps, but he had the seven touches for 53 yards and a touchdown. And then Miles Hartsfield uh, saw his first action on offense, got four snaps at running back, getting two carries for two yards. Defensively, a lot of work, you know, or about the same amount of work, but uh, 70 defensive snaps. You know, the Saints obviously got a bit more work in with the Panthers only playing 46 snaps, so 70 defensive snaps. Three players saw all 70 of those snaps. Shaq Thompson, no surprise, was one. Trey Boston, no surprise, was one. And then really not much of a surprise either because he's filling in for Justin Burris. Sam Franklin played all 70 defensive snaps, and he didn't look too bad. I, I thought, like I said, I thought he looked okay, you know, in, in place of Justin Burris. You know, he's getting his feet wet a bit there. Uh, Dante Jackson saw 68 snaps. Jeremy Jeremy Chin played 66. Brian Burns 
60 defensive snaps. And I saw someone on Twitter mention about how around this time last year, Brian Burns was only playing about 40% of the defensive snaps. So it's really nice to see Brian Burns finally get to really be out there all the time. And again, we, we all saw the strip sack. We all saw how incredible Brian Burns is becoming. Uh, so 60 snaps, which is about 80, 86%. Then it goes to Derek Brown played 54 snaps. Tyre Whitehead played 42 snaps. Troy pride saw 37. So, you know, a bit more work for him. Uh, then in the last couple of weeks, Zach Kerr saw 31 corn elder, 28, Marquise Haynes, 28, Eli Apple, 28. So, yeah, you really saw a lot of shuffling at the cornerback position. A lot of these guys were getting in there. F.A. Obada saw 20 snaps. Bravion Roy, 19. Darius Taylor, 18. Woodrow Hamilton saw 10 snaps. Jermaine Carter played 6. Austin Larkin played 6 snaps. And then Julian Stanford played 1 snap on defense. Uh, so, again, as we know, then we'll... You know, these are the notes from the Panthers site here. So, again, Sam Franklin, first career start. He played every single snap, and he had two tackles. Dante Jackson played 97% of the snaps, which was his highest percentage since week two when he played the entire game against Tampa Bay. Troy Pride actually got the start opposite Dante Jackson. And, again, we talked about the shuffling because of Rasul Douglas also being on the COVID list. But Troy Pride got the start, but he only played 52% of the snaps. Eli Apple played 40% of the snaps. Um, and, of course, he was questionable as well with a hamstring injury. Darius Taylor played 26% of the snaps, made five tackles, including one for a loss. And Derek Brown saw his highest percentage of snaps so far this season with 77% of snaps after playing just 71% last week. Um, as far as all those guys on special team snaps, uh, the guys that saw, played offense and defense, Reed and Moten both saw five special team snaps, as did Little, Manhurts, and Scott. Twelve special team snaps each for Zilstra, Arma, Thompson, and Hartsfield. Uh, six each for Cannon and Cooper. Defense or From the defensive players, five each for Thompson, Boston, Franklin, Dante Jackson, and Brian Burns and Tiger Whitehead and Stephen Weatherly. Uh, Jeremy Chin saw six snaps. Zach Kerr saw eight. Mar uh, Corn Elder saw eight. Troy Pride actually played 16 special team snaps. Bravion Roy with two. Jermaine Carter and Adarius Taylor and Julian Stanford all had 12 snaps. Austin Larkin saw six. Woodrow Hamilton saw one. And then uh, obviously the specialists. Joseph Charlton with six, J.J. Jansen with six, Joey Sly saw ten snaps, uh, Kenny Robinson making his NFL debut, uh, only playing special teams though. He played eleven of the twenty-two special team snaps, but good to uh, at least get him out there. Um, I'm hoping we see him at least in the safety position a little bit more. But again, Sam. They did put Sam Franklin out there for the entire game. So Robinson might just be a little bit of depth right now. But again, it is nice that he is on the, the active roster now. And then Sam Tecklenburg saw five special team snaps. So just more of the rotation, especially in the defensive front, as we've seen. Um, we also probably kind of expected the cornerback rotation there as well 
with Rasul Douglas being on the COVID list, but you figure once Rasul Douglas come back or once he comes back, he'll be right back in there as the uh, the starting corner opposite Dante Jackson. It's good to see Dante Jackson get a lot of playing time as well and looking like he's over uh, those, you know, the toe and the foot injuries that he's been dealing with over the first few weeks of the season. So those are the snap counts. Um, like I said, I want to touch quick on the on the release the Panthers made and a quick quick notes on the Atlanta Falcons. But first off, before we get into that, one more shout out to one of our great sponsors as today's episode is also being powered by our friends at rockauto.com, which is an incredible family-run business for auto parts customers. Online, they've been serving them for 20 years, and the best part about them is you don't even need a membership or a login or anything like that. You can just go right in, search the website, search for the brands, the models, the makes, anything you want, any kind of parts you want. Rock Auto has you taken care of, and the prices are always the same, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, and they're always reliably low. Their catalog is easy to navigate, so it's great for people like you or I, you know, someone like me who really doesn't know anything about cars, I could easily go to rockauto.com, find the parts I need, and get them delivered right to my house at an affordable price. So great service from Rock Auto. Always appreciate their support. And remember, you guys can check them for yourselves when you go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. And remember, when you do see that how did you hear about us section, remember to write the words locked on so that they know that we sent you. So that you support us, you support them, all that good stuff. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. I alluded earlier to when we when we talked about the snap counts, said it was his final game. The Panthers, of course, announcing on Monday that they have released wide receiver Seth Roberts. Roberts played in all seven games this season, uh, but finished with just four receptions for 31 yards. Um, in fact, Sunday was actually the highest percentage of playing time that he actually saw all season. 41% of the snaps he saw, uh, which was his season high. Uh, but Roberts uh, has or had not been targeted since week four against the Cardinals. Um, it actually turns out, I just saw earlier today, that uh, he's actually going to visit the Green Bay Packers. Um, as the Packers, it seems like they're always kind of looking for receiver help. Uh, so 
Seth Roberts might not be on the free agent market for long. Uh, but again, it's, it's at least a visit. I don't think he's you know officially signed there, but he is at least visiting with the Green Bay Packers. And this will be if he does sign with Green Bay or whichever team he signs with, it'll be his fourth different team in a couple of years. He of course began his career with the Ravens, spent last season with the Raiders, um, but only last seven weeks in the regular season with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Panthers also released cornerback Josh Hawkins from the practice squad on Monday. Hawkins has not appeared in a regular season game since 2018. So a couple of roster notes there. And like I alluded to earlier, this could potentially open up a little bit. As we talked about with Christian McCaffrey, we we knew eventually, obviously, they were going to have to make a move to you know, put McCaffrey back on the list. So that could possibly be looked at eventually as the roster move needed to open up the space for Christian McCaffrey. So the Panthers might be, you know, jumping the gun a little bit here and just getting that spot ready for, because uh, they haven't really brought anybody in. So this is likely going to make room for Christian McCaffrey. Again, will it happen for Thursday's game? We'll see. But at least the spot is there now. For the Panthers to bring back their superstar running back. So I mentioned Thursday night. Uh, they're playing the Falcons. Um, it should be as an interesting game as always. Um, it's going to be an, you know another tough test, of course, for the Panthers. Uh, Julio Jones looks healthy again. And obviously that's going to be the big difference from the first time that the Panthers played the Falcons is that Julio Jones will be there. So it's going to put a little more stress now on the Panthers secondary, especially still without Justin Burris. So uh, someone like Sam Franklin is really going to have to step up uh, to avoid being carved by the Falcons offense. Cause Matt Ryan, you know, at least talking from two weeks ago, they obviously were a little quiet uh, against the lions, uh, but they did score, you know, three touchdowns. Uh, but again, Julio Jones is back, and it's going to be a you know tough sledding. They've got to put pressure, and that's something the Panthers have done a really nice job of doing so far this season is putting pressure on the opposing quarterback. They got to continue to do that against Matt Ryan, and somehow they've got we we keep stressing this, but they've got to find a way to stop the running game, especially Todd Gurley, who as we know ran for about 130 yards in the first meeting just three weeks ago. So they've got to be able to try to slow down Todd Gurley if they're going to, you know, be able to complete the season sweep of the Falcons. So it's going to be going to be a tough test. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun game, I think, and I'm excited to break it down a little bit more with uh, my good friend Aaron Freeman. You know, crazy thing, we're already going to be getting together for the, for the second time in uh, a couple of weeks, but... That's that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes, but it should be a fun game. Um, what could work for the Panthers' favor is obviously the short week and the fact that the, the Falcons are obviously going to be reeling a little bit because of the way that they, you know, not just, of course, losing, but the way they lost on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. So you have to wonder how much that's going to linger now, especially traveling um, you know, obviously it's not that far of a travel from Atlanta to Carolina, but they're still still having to travel. So that, that's always pretty tough for the road team. We always tend to lean toward the home team on these Thursday night games. You know, recently, maybe that hasn't been as effective 
as it as it once was, but we still tend to believe that the short week always favors the home team. And the Panthers are favored in this one. And like I said yesterday, I think for good reason, they're favored by a couple of points in this one. But if they can get that running game going again, and obviously it's a huge boost if Christian McCaffrey is back in. But even if he's not, I think Mike Davis is still fine enough that um, you know he should bounce back. You know The Panthers should be able to bounce back from what was a poor rushing showing on Sunday against the Saints. But um, it should be... They should be able to bounce back pretty well, I think, and get the running game going. You know, even with the uh, the lack of depth that they have at, at the uh, the offensive line, they had a little bit of success the first time they played the Falcons. But um, you know, we'll see, especially with the way the uh, you know the Falcons are still a little bit banged up. They're they're not as banged up now at the uh, the secondary position, so. It's definitely going to be a different-looking Falcons team than the one the Panthers just beat three weeks ago. But I'm excited to see this one go down. And again, I'm excited to talk to Aaron this week for Crossover Thursday. So this is just some real quick early notes going into Thursday's game. So I think that's a good spot to wrap it up here. So we talked about McCaffrey. We talked about the snap counts and some just some quick minor thoughts on uh, Thursday's game before we really touch on it for crossover Thursday. So I'm going to wrap it up there. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Thank you as always for making me a part of your day. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Ricetti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. Let me know your thoughts on Thursday's game. Let me know anything you guys want me to talk about in general uh, on the podcast. Uh, just hit me up on Twitter at Bill underscore Ricetti. Follow the podcast and f- uh, follow my work over at SI Panthers. Uh, really great crew over there. Excited, of course, to be with them. So I'm going to get out of here. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, guys, and we will see you on Wednesday for the penultimate show before – well, actually, it would be the second penultimate show, I guess, uh, before the game uh, as I mix up those words. But we'll see you Wednesday for more talk here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. We'll see you soon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.